0: Hi, this is Mike Rogers with another great Welsh Wire conversation. Now, here's Sherry Welsh. Hey, welcome back to the Welsh Wire. We are thrilled you are tuned in with us again. And we have a terrific guest today from beautiful Grand Rapids, Michigan. We have our friend, Larry Ferragali. Larry is the CEO of a wonderful company called Brightly. Larry, welcome to the Welsh Wire.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We are so glad you could join us today to talk with us a little bit about something that may be a bit of a mystique to our listeners, and that's. But it's your world. You know it. You live it every day. That's the world of digital transformation. But before we get into that, Larry, I'd love for you to tell folks your story about Brightly, a little bit about your journey as an entrepreneur and the and the great company that you founded.
1: Sure. Well, thank you for that really kind intro. Um, I'm originally actually from the East Coast, the greater Philadelphia area. And I, I grew up in a family of designers and I fell in love with technology really early. Uh, I At the time, I wanted to make video games. So that was like kind of the thing that got me started. I love it. And it was it was very early in kind of digital becoming a thing. So, you know, I, I probably started working professionally in the design and programming space in the mid to late 90s. Um, before you know, moving to Michigan actually to do digital for Central Michigan University, and uh, my
0: alma mater. I didn't oh, even realize that.
1: Excellent, yeah. Fire so up I, chips I, indeed. I did. Uh, I was there for for a few years doing digital for their distance learning division, and uh, I had originally kind of intended to go back east or head out west yeah. after the the few years I was going to put in there, but I just I fell in love with Michigan. I ended up staying and. Uh, oh, yeah. Quite a while later, I ended up co-founding Brightly with my business partner Marianne Siebert, and you know our our goal, both having worked in software development and and technology companies, was really to to start a design led and kind of research driven technology firm. So to kind of take that that customer and user advocacy and really bake it into everything that we did, whether it was software or apps or you know, large-scale e-commerce sites. And so over the the past 10 years, we've been servicing hundreds of clients. We've done that both nationally and internationally for startups and small businesses, all the way up to mid-market and enterprise companies. And uh, and I think we've managed to really kind of fulfill our mission of, of always taking that user-first, customer-first, kind of business-first approach and, and not just relying on the technology.
0: Clearly, it's worked well for you because recently... You were just awarded one of the one of the spots on Michigan's 50 companies to watch.
1: Yeah, thank you. That was that was a big deal for us. We were really excited about that.
0: It is a big deal. Congratulations. Yeah, we're thrilled for you about that. And so deserving. So you and your team spend a lot of time talking with companies about how they can do what they do better and mm-hmm. how you can help them get there. And you call that process Really, digital transformation. So, for for lay people like me, Larry, honestly, you know mm-hmm. what it, what does that mean, um, and and why does it matter? Tell us about that.
1: Sure. So, digital transformation isn't you know just a, a brightly term approach. It's kind of an industry wide thing in technology, and it and it applies to all kinds of businesses. So, I think the the kind of standard accepted definition is digital transformation is the adoption of some kind of technology in your organization to transform your services or your business by replacing manual processes or analog processes that you're doing with some kind of technology or to replace legacy technology with newer and more modern tools. And you'll, you'll hear people either calling that digital transformation or now, you know, because everybody loves their buzzwords, they're starting to call it digitization too. Um, so doing that, right? There's, there's kind of three core components to any digital transformation effort and it's transformation of your business model. So, you know, while we. Traditionally used to let people come to our business and and rent cassette tapes or videotapes to watch movies. Now we're now we're delivering that and streaming content online, right? That was yeah. a kind of an industry-wide digital transformation. And then there's operational digital transformation. You know, we're we're trying to become more efficient. We're trying to upgrade, you know, our ERP system and integrate that into some kind of service delivery to our clients. And then there's, you know, the digital transformation that focuses on customer experience, which is probably the one that the average person butts up against the most, right? It's compelling online experiences, making it easy to sign up for things, giving people kind of a frictionless sales funnel to go through, you know, being able to configure advanced products online or get online consultations. And, um, you know, so that's, that's, I think what average people see when an organization takes strong steps, you know, to become more digitally mature. Right. And for why it matters, I think, you know, short term, the most obvious, right, is that, you know, we've we've been going through this pandemic and it's forced a ton of businesses to kind of rethink the way that they're they're doing business and the way that they're delivering their goods or services. Um, But that's, you know, kind of pre-pandemic just for years is as the average consumer and the b2b buyer and researcher gets you know younger and younger we're dealing with millennials who are used to having online experiences you know with their smartphone or online shopping and they kind of have That's the right. same expectation i mean they have the same expectation professionally too to not be interfacing with dated systems or working with companies that have like really onerous kind of manual processes so the market's right. kind of been shifting that way a little bit each year and and then there's, you know, digital transformation is making it possible for very young companies to move very quickly and to do more with less. And that's, that's enabling a lot of companies to kind of come out of the woodwork and, and really disrupt, you know, the markets where older incumbent companies that are kind of standing still are no longer able to compete. So right. it's, it, it's really important to kind of think about this as... You know, how are we better delivering our products to a, a shifting, changing audience in a shifting, changing world? But also, do I have to look over my shoulder and and be a lot more worried about competitors that could come out of the blue and, and kind of eat our lunch? Right,
0: right. I get that. And I, I get that for the Older, more mature businesses, this is maybe even more of an acute issue for the reasons you just said. The younger, more nimble Mm -hmm. companies are automatically thinking this way and and moving and doing business this way, but older, more mature companies, not so much. Um, So it it sounds like everybody needs to care about digital trade. This is more than like the marketing department or (laughs) the IT department because I heard you say pretty clearly you know we're talking about industry change we're talking about operational change and then we're talking about you know maybe your your digital your digital footprint your branding your presence on the internet mm-hmm. and i'm guessing that you know your company my company a company you work with could be really good in one of those areas and yeah. not so good in another and brightly the work that you do in transformation kind of brings it all together mm-hmm. is that
1: yeah that's that's absolutely fair. Um, you know, it's every business kind of has their own unique experience with this. To your point, there some are very strong in one area and weak in others, or sometimes they're strong in all areas because of the Herculean effort of employees overcoming things and doing redundant things and you know having a ton of manual processes so that at the end of the day the work is still getting done and it's being done well and the product's being created it's being created well but there's so much hardship for the people that are doing it and and you know it thins up your profit margins and it it cuts into you know for manufacturing companies it creates waste it cuts into efficiency you know it, it makes it harder to get from order to fulfillment and you know We live in a world now where there are ways to kind of tie all that together and and focus in on where it hurts and address those problems.
0: Right. And no, it sounds like in most companies, there isn't anybody that really thinks of this. I mean, if you're a Fortune 500 company, you've probably got a chief strategy officer. Mm -hmm. That's their job to look out for these kind of things. Yep. But, you know, most of our listeners, let's be honest, Larry, we're in West Michigan. Most of our listeners are small to mid-sized companies, right? Mm-hmm. Who are out there every day trying to do the best that they can, running great organizations, but don't often have time to step back up like this at that 10,000-foot view and take a look at the whole digital experience of their whole organization. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I'm thinking this is not really on the radar for most small to mid-sized companies but I think you're saying it should be. It definitely yep. has a place for smaller companies, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, digital transformation initiatives are important regardless of the size of your business. And and I think a lot of people when they hear digital transformation, right? They think it's they think it's an IT initiative. They think it's about yeah. buying a piece of software and that's going to that's just going to fix their problem. We have exactly a problem. To enhancing software. the
0: website. Yeah, well, let's yep. put a new exactly. website out there and then fluff up our social media a little bit. Snap, we got it. We have it covered, right?
1: And I can't tell you how many people have done that and and then suddenly sit there twiddling their thumbs, wondering why they're not instantly being buried in a mountain of leads and they're not all converting, right? You know, it's yep. there's there's kind of a, an entire chain of things that you need to look at, not just getting somebody to your company. You know, it's not about just buying a piece of software and throwing it at it. It's about being really intentional about how you're using that technology to kind of further whatever your business goals are. So it's right. a focus on evolving your business model. Like I was saying earlier, or a focus on gaining more efficiency, or a focus on changing how you're interacting with your customers. And I, and I can't think of any size business that that isn't beneficial to right. And it's uh, oh it's, for sure. And it's different. Uh, you know, based on the type of business that you are. So, yeah. for example, a retail business is going to probably lean heavily into their online shopping experience, right? Yep. And, and a customer outreach whereas uh, a manufacturing company, you know, they might focus on operational technology at the factory floor level or maybe creating easier ways for, you know, their B2B customers and vendors to get order information and, you know, flow and status information about where their product is in the manufacturing phase. And I yeah. think Nowadays, regardless of the size of business, you know, and I'm seeing it a lot, especially in kind of pandemic times, there's a tendency for a lot of businesses to pull back on spending on things like marketing or IT or strategic yes. initiatives when times are tough or Doesn't uncertain. That's
0: important. Yep. right. Yep. And
1: and or they think they're too small to worry about it, and that's a problem that bigger companies need to worry about. And honestly, it's. You know, this is when those investments have the most benefit and impact in your organization. It's when times are tough. So
0: true. And you know, you mentioned a little bit about disruption in an industry, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that that's one of the things that I'm sure you can help with in a great way when it comes to talking about this because. Thinking differently and outside the box about how you can do what you do, as you mentioned, going from cassette tapes to videotapes to now everything streams online, right? I mean, that kind of disruption. And if you can be the leader or the disruptor in your industry in that kind of a manner, boy, you can be so far ahead. And the pandemic has taught us that uh, disruption happens and uh, Mm -hmm. it can be a really good thing for companies who get on the curve of that, right? And get out ahead of it.
1: It's, I mean, you know. Hardship is almost always the biggest catalyst for change, right? Yeah. Whether that's some kind of market pressure, or you know, a competitor came out of nowhere and is suddenly, you know, radically changing your business model, and you're scrambling to catch up. The thing is, is that, at least as far as I've seen, right? I've been doing this for like 25 years now. the um, the The bar isn't very high for the amount of change an organization needs to make to really create noise in, in an industry. You know, people mm. people embrace the status that's good. quo. They, they do i mean people embrace the status quo they they think that you know our industry isn't going to change or it's changed as much as it's going to i don't have to worry about these things and you know it's it's somebody that tweaks one little thing right like significantly superior online experience or far better customer service or you know my employees don't have to do terrible manual processes and therefore i can create the same amount of product with a third of the amount of people yeah um, Oh, Larry, you know? I
0: love that. Yeah, no, I do. I I love that because I think as business owners and leaders, we have the tendency to think that to be an innovator means coming up with something big and brilliant mm-hmm. and it's gonna take a lot of time and energy and of course dot 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 money, right? Right yep. to get it all done. And your point that, you know, just these small seismic shifts, as I sometimes call just a little bit of a shift, right? Mm-hmm. Can make a huge difference in your business and your yeah. impact in your industry and your customer base. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's really encouraging. And that's, a, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you do. Okay. Yeah. So clearly you you've convinced me this is something that all business leaders need to be caring about, concerned about, mm-hmm. regardless of the size of their organization, regardless of what their market is going through right now, they need to be thinking ahead about what digital mm-hmm. transformation can do, should do in their company.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: So, what does it look like when it happens? I mean, can you give us some examples of clients or you know types of businesses that you've worked with that have kind of gone through this process and where they started and and where they ended up?
1: Sure. So you know, uh, by merit of what we do, uh, a lot of it's confidential and proprietary. So I have to I have to be a little sure. vague here, but I can definitely paint in broad strokes. You know, what we're seeing across many you know many different types because we work. We work with clients who are manufacturing, entertainment industry, consumer package goods, you know, we've worked with healthcare, insurance and finance, education. So we we've touched so many different verticals. And, you know, we get to see, we get to see quite a bit and, and a lot of disparate, you know, verticals that are businesses that are far apart from each other yeah. um, that have a lot of similar problems. So it's it's just kind of interesting to, to see how it all shakes out. With our manufacturing clients, um, usually, you know, they've been around a long time. They're, you know, medium to upper mid-market size companies. They've acquired a ton of technology over time. Most of it's very outdated, you know, AS400 in the server room, you know, it's all kind of loosely (laughs) tied together. Um, And and in almost all instances, right, like they have the same key problems. They have, it's very difficult to get real-time data in their organization Mm -hmm. to leadership. And it forces them to be super reactive. It's really difficult to provide timely information about the manufacturing status or order status of their products to their customers. Uh Or, you know, they have a a really inefficient process on the factory floor um, and quality control is suffering and they're creating a lot of waste. Right. So. In all of those instances, I would say, and most of the time, right, we end up with customers that also happen to have like relatively complex products, um, things that have lots of configurations, things that are difficult to quote, you know, so customers are, are trying to configure things ahead of placing an order, they're trying to track order status. They're trying to get, you know, the best possible price on whatever it is that they're buying. And these manufacturing sure. companies have, it's a lot of lift to be able to to deliver on those things oh, when, yeah. you don't have, when you don't have the tools in place to make that yep. significantly simpler, right?
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. A lot of man hours, a lot of looking at multiple systems, a lot of running around like a chicken with your head cut off trying to get answers. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I, right? I think
0: some people are probably listening going, yep, that's us. <laughs> It's everybody, there. really.
1: Being, <laughs> right. being honest, it's everybody, right? Yeah. And, it, and, yeah. and it, takes, it takes an outside perspective sometimes to kind of hold you accountable for for making those changes in your organization, you know, for giving you a fresh lens on it. So for us, right, when we're engaging with these companies in any vertical, but, you know, I'll just go back to manufacturing you know, we, we open everything with kind of an audit and a research phase where, you know, we dig in deep, we meet with the department heads, we meet with the leadership, you know, you involve all the stakeholders and you map out, you know, like, what does this look like from the moment my customer places an order to the moment that that order is fulfilled or to the moment that somebody inquires about our service and we deliver on that service. And then afterwards, like, how do we map out our entire kind of organizational ecosystem and, and, you know, look at how to make, you know, kind of meaningful improvement in any of those areas. So in some cases that was, you know, building a new modern software front end so that their customer experience didn't show through all the legacy software systems that they were sitting on top of that were kind of Frankenstein together to keep the organization running. That's another thing. A lot of organizations will, and and I don't think they do it intentionally, but they put their internal problems onto the customer and they make it the customer's problem by, mm. you know, having a poor experience or a poor interface.
0: Yes. Yes. So, and we don't often step back and look at it that way. Do we?
1: No, no, we don't. And again, it's, it's nice to have other folks to keep you accountable for that, you know, and give you that kind of, and to go talk to your customers and, and find out where it hurts, you know? Right. So that's a lot of what we see in manufacturing and retail. Like I said earlier, the, the market, you know, pandemic aside has become ridiculously competitive with Amazon and all the big, you know, online retailers cutting into your profit base and cutting into your customers and people are lazy and don't want to leave their house. And, you know, if I can get everything from one place and have it all delivered to my the front of my house, it, you have to have a more compelling reason for me to come to you, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and that's just the way it is now. So, you know, if you're a retail shop, you know, a lot of our retail customers are thinking deeply about, okay how do I provide more personalization to my customers? How do I have more targeted offerings? You know, how can I give people a similarly, you know, seamless experience of visibility into shipping and fulfillment and delivery? How do I make myself more effective at fulfillment? You know? Um, right, especially, great
0: questions to ask.
1: Yeah. and And so those, you know, that's a lot of what we're seeing on the retail side and kind of mirroring retail is healthcare where Mm. most of the digital transformation efforts are around. How do I enable better healthcare remotely? People, you know, people are sick and can't leave their house. How do I provide better experiences for the elderly or underserved populations when it comes to purchasing insurance? How do I provide kind of meaningful education? And through each of these kind of manufacturing or retail or healthcare, when we engage with an organization, you you always see the same kind of improvements, right? It's an improvement to efficiency, an improvement to profitability, a a reduction in the demands of your labor force. Uh, But there's also kind of intangible ones too, right? Like when you provide a better customer experience, customer satisfaction, loyalty and retention go up. So true. Word of mouth marketing, goes up because people talk about how easy it is to do business with you and you know there's also and i think a lot of organizations overlook this there there's a concept that when you're providing superior experience when you're providing more education to your customers you're creating a more capable and knowledgeable consumer and not just for yourself but kind of for everybody in your vertical right and you know an educated consumer is going to be a better consumer because they're going to engage with you more deeply than somebody that's kind of just one and done, and you never hear from them again.
0: Right? Yeah, everybody wants to work with the winner, with the leader, with the one that's cutting edge, and and yep. really does it differently. And that, yeah, that's endearing. I, you know, your your comments and your insight are so terrific, Larry. And I think to some to some extent, it's because you've seen so many different industries. Mm -hmm. And you can bring that perspective. You know, there are manufacturing, retail, healthcare, three very different industries. Yet there are similar and common threads that run through all three of them that I bet you beg and borrow and, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. use back and forth between with what you see one to another and bring that information to your clients. It's really insightful in a way that, you know, they they just can't grasp themselves, but you bring that. It's really cool.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, it's, uh, for, for, for many
0: of our listeners, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, I, I'm thinking an alarm probably just went off for them and they're thinking, okay, I have never really spent time thinking about digital transformation, or maybe they have and, and said, I don't know what you call this, but our systems are a mess and there's got to be a better way to do this. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing they're saying, I think I got a need to do something mm-hmm. different here. Right. So yep. how do you start this journey in your organization? How do you start digital transformation?
1: Sure. so. You know, I I think I said it earlier, but people need to get over the idea that this is something that happens in the IT department, right? It's a yeah. it's a kind of fundamental mindset change that most businesses need to need to step outside of. You know, technology isn't just about putting you know another server on the rack or buying a piece of software. It's about yeah. making it easier to do your business, and about making you easier to do business with, right? So it's. Yep. It's thinking that way, it's adopting and promoting a culture of continuous improvement inside of your organization, right, where you're creating positive and meaningful experiences for customers and the partners that you work with, and quite frankly, your employees, too. So, you know, the most actionable things that you can do, the best way to get started is talk to people survey your customers, interview your customers, interview your employees, interview your salespeople, your customer service people, find out where they're experiencing those the pain and the pinch points. And then and most importantly, right? Document everything. Um, yeah. You, yeah. you got to find out what's working. You got to get it all down in one place so that people can start looking at things holistically. You know, as you're beginning to map out your company strategy or as you're revisiting it on a yearly basis, you need to document that journey, the journey that the customer goes through from the moment they place an order to the moment that that order is fulfilled in whatever sector you're in and whatever service or product you're creating. And you need to use that map as a North Star to look at you know where there are weak points in your organization and where you have opportunities to improve. It helps to have an outside perspective for this, but it isn't necessary if you're willing to put in the work and dig in this stuff. This stuff has to happen. You know, the decision can come from the top, but any successful digital transformation has to go all the way down to, to the lowest employee in your company, right? Everybody has to be bought in. You're
0: right. Yeah.
1: Or, or it's not going to work, you know? And I guess lastly, I would say digital transformation is so unique to each company and it's such Mm -hmm. a personal endeavor because it's kind of like lifting up the hood of your business and finding all the places where there's a little bit of rust, you know? And yes, I I think one of the most meaningful things you can do is just talk to other business owners, read a lot about what other people are doing, whether it's in your, in your space or not, you know, it's important to educate yourself and understand, you know, what is working for other organizations so that you don't have to make a bunch of expensive mistakes going into it. Right. Yeah. I think people have a, a tendency to imagine what the solution is before they fully understand the problem. And that causes people to spend a lot of money moving in the wrong direction. Instead of yep. you know kind of putting in the legwork to do the to do the research and validate it up front. Yeah,
0: I can see that. I can see that you have laid out really a case for why digital transformation should matter to every organization, regardless of the size, regardless of the industry, it's important. Even in the midst of the pandemic, if you think your marketing funds or whatever funds are short, right, there's this is really one of the most important things you can do at a time when all of our businesses are going through radical change. Mm -hmm. Um, whether we like it or not, um, it's much better to be driving the bus, I think, right? And proactively doing it. And you're saying, you know, it it can be done if you're willing Mm -hmm. to put in the time and ask the critical questions and go all the way down to the shop floor employee and that frontline employee and relearn and reeducate yourself about how you do what you do, when you do it, and then work to develop a plan Mm -hmm. to really transform your yep. operation. Yeah, this is this is great, great information. So Larry, let me mm-hmm. ask you, if our if our listeners today are saying, I would love to chat with Larry just a little bit more and learn what Brightly does or ask him a few questions about mm-hmm. this whole concept, what's the best way to reach you, Larry?
1: Well, the easiest way to get a hold of me is probably either uh, we can be contacted through our website. It's teambrightly.com uh, or, or they can email me directly at Larry, L-A-R-R-Y at teambrightly.com.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Larry, thank you so much for being our guest today on The Welsh Wire. Well,
1: thank you so much for having me. This was fun. It's
0: been a, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Listeners, thanks for tuning in again with Larry Ferragalli, the CEO of Brightly and Beautiful Grand Rapids. And uh, we're thrilled that you joined us today. Tune in again next time. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to The Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.